You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. at the cross and we realize what he did when we realize what was accomplished on the cross we are drawn to him we are drawn to confess to him our sin we're drawn to look to him for salvation we are drawn into his arms so what do we do when we're troubled when our soul is troubled what do we do when we don't understand these things well like Jesus we pray we pray we cry out to God God knows the pain He knows the hurt that you're feeling right now. The cross was the perfect demonstration of sacrificial, unconditional love from God to mankind. As Pastor Dave continues his teaching series through the Gospel of John, he'll be challenging you to focus on what Jesus did for you on the cross when you're feeling tempted to sin. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of John chapter 12 as he continues his message, My Soul is Troubled. Although Jesus' soul was troubled, he also knew what he had to do and why he came. He knew the will of the Father. The hour was close at hand. It was time for him to go to the cross and be crucified. This would be his glorification. This would be it. He knew this. Now, it's interesting, to me anyhow, that John does not talk about Jesus' prayer in the garden. He doesn't mention that. Where the other three synoptic gospels mention Jesus praying in the garden. But here we have the exact same thought. And although John doesn't mention the garden prayer, we have the exact same thought. What shall I say? What, What shall I say? Remember in the garden, what did he pray? Father, let this cup pass from me. Let this cup of death go. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Remember the prayer in the garden? But then he expresses his resolve. Not my will, but yours be done. And this is his resolve. And here in John, we see the same resolve. Look at the end of the verse. Father, he said, what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. It's a question. Should I say this? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose, I came to this hour. This is the human response. Save me. You can't tell me that when you're going through a trying time, when you're going through a very, very difficult time, you want out. And your first words are, Lord, get me out of here. Get me through this. Well, that's what Jesus' human side was saying. His human side was saying, you know, we got to find a better way. There's got to be a better way. So he responds, shall I not do what I came to do? He was saying, shall I not accomplish the purpose which I was sent to accomplish? I love what this commentator said. He said, quote, this attitude of obedience to the Father was a judgment of this world because the cross displayed the contrast between the obedience of Christ and the rebelliousness of men. 
For this purpose, I have come to this hour. He came. What did we celebrate a couple weeks ago? A couple weeks ago, we celebrated his birth, the incarnation, God coming to earth as a man. We, we celebrated that. And you shall call his name Jesus. Why? Because he will save his people from their sins. This is the exact purpose. Jesus was saying, this was my purpose for coming. My purpose was coming so that I could be a ransom for mankind. I would be a ransom. This was the very reason he came. He had a singleness of mind. He had one purpose, one assignment, one task, to save mankind from their sins. For this purpose, I came. This was the hour that he had been moving towards. This was the hour he'd been moving towards even at his birth. He'd been moving towards us ever since. Everything he did in his ministry led to this way. way. We read that one verse where, like a flint, he looked to the cross ever before his eyes. Why? Well, this was the means by which he was to give the world proof of the Father's love. This was the means by which he would demonstrate God's love to mankind. Paul says that in Romans 5, verse 8. That dying on the cross demonstrated God's love for us while we were still sinners. I paraphrased. Greater love hath no man than to lay down his life for his friends. It, it exemplifies that. Jesus knew the Father was in control. Jesus was secured in that the Father was in control. He knew that the Father's eternal plan of redemption for mankind had to be accomplished. He knew that there was only one other alternative. If he doesn't go to the cross, mankind would die in their sin. And that was unacceptable to God and him. That was unacceptable. That was not an out. That wasn't going to happen. So his soul was troubled. Save me from this hour. Let this cup pass from me. His humanity is rearing his side, his, his humanness. But he had resolve. He would obey the Father. Hebrew tells us that he endured the cross despising all shame. He endured the cross despising all shame. He knew and understood. He accepted what was there. Even though it was going to be distasteful, it was going to be extremely painful, he knew the eternal good that would come out of it. He knew that that eternal good was more important than his temporary comfort. Many, many times we are troubled because we don't know the will of God or the purpose of God for allowing some sort of tragedy in our life. Why would this happen? It's hard sometimes, even impossible, for us to equate these pain, these problems, these difficulties in life with God's love. I mean, that's one of the first questions you're asked when there's a tragedy. God was a God of love. Why would he let that happen? It's hard to equate. It doesn't compute. We are troubled when adversity crosses our path. Our souls are troubled, but when they are troubled, we need to stop and remember. We need to stop and remember and recall. We need to have the same resolve in knowing that these things are going to happen. But also, we need to have the resolve that, number one, God loves us. God loves you. He loves you right where we are. He couldn't love you anymore now, and we'll never love you anymore now. He loves you to the extent it cost him everything to love you. It cost him his son. 
We need to know that God loves us, that God is still in control. He is still on the throne, praise God. He hasn't abdicated the throne. He's still there, ruling and reigning. He's still there. And he's working in your life. Working? I don't see him working. Think about it. Look at the eternal. Don't keep your eyes on the physical. Don't keep your eyes on the temporal. Look at the eternal calling. He's doing a work in you. He is working for his eternal purposes. God's going to bring an eternal good out of this trial. Like I said, many times in the trial, all I want is deliverance. All I want is out of the trial. Get me out of this, Lord. Help me. Now, when we do that, are we really obstructing God's eternal purpose in our lives? Maybe it's God's eternal purpose in your life that you struggle with this problem. And that's a scary thought. <laughs> Wait a minute, Lord. <laughs> you think this is good? Wait a minute. We need to talk. Maybe it is. Maybe God wants you to go through this to strengthen your faith. Maybe God wants you to go through this so that others will look into your life and go, wow, you know, when you were going through that trial, you really encouraged my faith because you stood out and you believed. Really? I thought I was kicking and screaming and yelling and hollering. No, you really believed and you encouraged me. I think I can go through something now. Maybe that's God's eternal purpose. We don't know. We don't know. Look at the resolve that Jesus has in verse 28 when he says, Father, glorify your name. What a resolve. What a resolve. He committed himself totally to the Father. Father, glorify your name. It was, Jesus was even saying, it's not about me, it's about the Father. We need to say it's not about us, it's about Jesus. Jesus, glorify your name in, this, in the middle of this terrible situation that I'm in. I don't understand why it's happening. I don't like it. My soul is troubled. But my resolve is I commit my life to you. Because you're going to work this for good. I have absolutely no idea how it's going to come out. I don't know how the good is going to come out of this. But I believe and I know that you're going to work this for good. And that's my hope. And then I run right into his arms of love. And he wraps them around me and holds me tight. And then all of a sudden, like Jesus, I have this divine assurance. This divine assurance that, wait a minute. You know, Lord, you do know what you're doing, don't you? You really do have a great plan, don't you? I have a divine assurance that it's all going to work out for good. It's all going to work out. Jesus committed himself to the Father's will. Father, glorify yourself. Glorify yourself. When we see this throughout the scripture of people submitting their total will to the Father. In fact, we just celebrate it. When Mary was told by Gabriel that she was going to have a child, even though she wasn't married, that must have been a troubling time for her. A severely troubling time. She knew the result of her being pregnant without a husband. She knew that she would be despised, looked against. People would want to stone her. She knew that. But what did she say? Let it be done according to your will. Joseph wanted to put her away. Joseph said, I'll just divorce her and we'll get rid of this. And the, and those, and the angel said to Joseph, no, take her as your wife. And he did. He knew what would be happening. And even Jesus was called illegitimate. 
Even we read in Scripture where Jesus was called illegitimate. Glorify your name, Father. Father, do what you think is right and best from the eternal standpoint, standpoint, and I'm going to submit to you. I'm submitting to you. And this is where we fail. This is where we fail. Because we just want out. End this as soon as possible. Get it over with now. We don't look at the eternal. This is the true test of faith. We insist on our will to be done, not his will to be done. We insist that the trial be lifted immediately. Instead, we should be saying the same thing that Jesus said. Father, glorify yourself in the midst of this trial, in the midst of this adversity, in the midst of this time. You know, I don't know if Pat's watching right now, but she's sitting in a hospital bed, and she has been glorifying God. And people have been coming in and getting saved. People are coming in and she's praying for them in the midst of a horrible, horrible, horrible time. And we love you, Pat. I hope you're watching. But she's struggling right now in those times. But she's giving God all the glory. She's giving God all the praise. See, this is what this is. Glorify your name, Father, in me. Doesn't matter about me. What matters is that you're glorified. I don't demand that God acquiesce to my will. My will be done. No, it's your will be done. I submit to him. I give him his due. When Jesus fully surrendered to the Father's will, the Father responded. There's a, there's a lesson here. When Jesus fully submitted to the Father's will, the Father responded. Look at the end of 28. Then a voice came from heaven saying, I have glorified it and will glorify it again. The Father responds, and now you have a complete divine assurance that the Father heard and the Father responds. Many times we sing a song, several songs by the title, I Surrender. And they're beautiful songs of surrendering our will to him. And I look at you all, and we're all singing them. Is something going on inside when you sing that song? Or are you just looking at the words on the screen and mouthing them? Or is something really, really happening inside? Are you really, really surrendering all to him when that happens? We need to check ourselves on that. Because when we truly, truly do that, God's going to respond to you. God is going to respond to you. Jesus saw the purpose of the cross, and he realized the love of God has for man will forever be demonstrated through his death on the cross. And that would be his love that will draw men to God. He even says that in verse 32. In verse 32, he said, And if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all peoples to myself. If I am lifted up above the earth, I will draw all people to myself. Remember in John 3, back in John 3, and it seems like forever ago, when Jesus was talking about Moses lifting up the serpent in the wilderness, the bronze serpent, the bronze serpent, bronze always representative of sin. People were being bitten by snakes in the camp. They were dying. God sent these snakes down there because of their disobedience. And they were dying left and right. And Moses went to God and he implored God, please have mercy upon your people. And he said, go make a serpent out of brass or bronze. Put it on a pole and sit it in front of the camp. If anybody is bitten by a snake and they look at the pole, the serpent, they will be healed. 
Many people looked at the serpent and were healed. Many people said, ah, and were not healed. Jesus said, just as Moses lifted up a serpent in the wilderness, so should the Son of Man be lifted up. This is what he's talking about. He's talking about being lifted up high on a cross. High on a cross, being lifted up. And that will draw men to him. And that's what he said. That's what he's saying here. Even so, the Son of Man should be lifted up. He's talking about his death on the cross, drawing men to him, lifted up high on a cross and dying. When we look at the cross and we realize what he did, when we realize what was accomplished on the cross, we are drawn to him. We are drawn to confess to him our sin. We're drawn to look to him for salvation. We are drawn into his arms. So what do we do when we're troubled? When our soul is troubled, what do we do when we don't understand these things? Well, like Jesus, we pray. We pray. We cry out to God. God knows the pain. He knows the hurt that you're feeling right now. He knows the difficulty that you're going through right now. Why? Because he's been there. He knows your soul is troubled because his was troubled too. He can identify with a troubled soul. He can identify with someone who's hurting inside. He can identify with that. And he says, I'm the answer. Seek me. Glorify God in the midst of this. And I will come to you and respond to you. Psalmist tells us that God is a very present help in time of trouble. So we call out to God. We call out to God. Be glorified in the midst, Lord. Use me in the midst. Prayer changes things. Now, just because you pray doesn't necessarily mean the circumstance is going to fly away. It might. It very well be, it might, if that's God's will for the circumstance. But usually when you pray, you seem to forget about the circumstance. It's not as important as it was because you're drawing close to God. And God is now ministering to you through this circumstance, and the circumstance isn't as great as it was. It might even still be there, but all of a sudden God is being glorified in the midst of the circumstance. And then you become a witness for him. You become a witness for him. Think it through the eternal purposes of God. Look to the eternal. Learn to see the things from the eternal perspective rather than the temporal on Friday mornings, the men have been studying Timothy, Paul's letters to Timothy. And he says, Paul says this to Timothy in 2 Timothy 1, verse 12. For I know in whom I believed, and I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed to him. That which I have committed to him. What have you committed to Jesus? What have you committed to God? What have you committed to him? Have you committed your life? Have you committed your finances, your relationships, your children, your spouses, your job? Have you committed everything to him? Have you just said, it's all yours, Lord. I commit it all to you. I commit it to you. Anything that's dear to us, we commit. And when we do this, we receive the Father's assurance that, hey, I got everything under control. I've got it. And I've got you right in the palm of my hand, and I'm never going to let you go. What's happening to you right now is a blip on the eternal calendar. It's not going to last forever. It's a blip. It's a second, a moment. What did Paul call it? A light and momentary affliction. 
Yeah, I know when you're in the midst of it going, oh, this is anything far from light, and it's far from momentary. But it's light and momentary in God's eyes. You want the peace of God that surpasses all understanding? Commit it to God. That's what Jesus is doing right here. He's committing it to God. Shall I say, Father, save me? He could call legions down to protect him. But no. He surrendered his will to the Father. Jesus was fully committed to the Father. How many times have we read, I came not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. I always do the things that please the Father. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. The cup the Father has given me, shall I not drink it? And the last words from the cross, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Jesus committed everything to the Father. What an example for us. Commitment to God through Jesus Christ becomes the key to our peace. After Jesus has prayed, I mean, in the garden, remember what happened in the garden? You think he wasn't agitated? You think his heart wasn't stirred up? What happened in the garden? The scriptures say that he sweat water and blood. He was so stressed out. This was no small thing. No small thing at all. The psalmist, David, in Psalm 37, verse 5, says, Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Commit your way to the Lord. David is saying, commit your way to him, trust in him fully, and you'll find peace, you'll find protection, you'll find satisfaction in the surrendered focus upon God. Now, I know we want these things to go away. I know, the, the, the human I read here, and Jesus wanted the cross to go away. But he knew it wasn't going to. And he became resolved to glorify God in the midst of the cross. What are you bearing right now? What's your burden right now? Can you honestly attest that God is being glorified in the midst of your burden right now? Is he? He wants to be. He wants to be glorified in the midst of it if you would just surrender to him. It's, easy, it's neat because the... Neat, I said a word that makes me old. It's very, very neat <laughs> that to commit your ways to him means to get rid of a burden in Hebrew. To get rid of a burden. What does Peter say? Cast your cares on him for great cares for you. What's troubling your soul today? What is it? Come to the cross of Jesus Christ, lay it down before him, commit your way to the will of God, and allow him to take your trouble. Allow him to ease your pain. Allow him to give you peace, and he shall bring it to pass. Brothers and sisters, my dear friends, know this, that when you feel like nobody knows the situation, that nobody knows the sorrow you've been, Jesus knows, and he is with you. To be with you during that time, you don't have to go through anything alone. You are our time with you is coming to an end today on A Sure Hope. On our next edition, Pastor Dave Shank will continue this journey through the book of John. But for now, you can listen to more teachings from this series online at assurehoperadio.com. 
We encourage you to download these messages so that they are available wherever you go. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Just search for A Sure Hope and see the latest editions as soon as they're posted. If you're enjoying these teachings and would like to get more involved with the church behind this ministry, we'd love to meet you at Calvary Chapel Cape May for a time of worship and Bible study. We meet weekly on Sundays at 10 a.m. Give us a call for more information. Our number is 609-884-5821. Again, that's 609-884-5821. Otherwise, you can visit Assure Hope Radio for times and directions. If you're not able to join us in person, we're streaming our services on Facebook Live. Just look for the link on our website at assurehoperadio.com. Thanks for listening to today's message in the book of John. We pray you continue to be blessed as you study the Word and that you discover how God's doing great things in your life. We look forward to you joining us again as Pastor Dave has more to share from this book that entails where Jesus walked and the amazing wonders he performed while here on earth. He's still doing wonders today too. Come hear about that next time on A Sure Hope.